Should we uh, kick this bad boy off? Be gentle. I always am. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, hello. Welcome to this week's edition of The Wheelhouse. We're pretty excited. It's uh, Tour de France time, Giro Donna time. And uh, look, Joel Spreadborough is nowhere to be found. Um, he's having a bit of a uh, rough week, a bit of a back injury. So, slung off his wheel, Merksy. You're in the studio with me. I'm back. I'm back. And I've done research this time. I've got notes. <laughs> Excellent. a little bit better prepared. Have you gone cover to cover on the ride Tour de France guide? Yes. Every every night in bed it accompanies me. Excellent. How romantic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we covering this week? Big show, Kate. Um, obviously, it's tour time. Our favourite time of year, aside from Christmas. Um, we have got the tour coming up, as well as... Uh, Cavs' secret weapon, what he's going to do to win that stage at the Tour de France. A seven-time green jersey winner is in strife. We can probably not talk about that. The Women's Giro Donna is starting in a day or so, and our mate Roop has rampaged across America. Oh, I see what you did there, rampaged. Very good, huh? Through the ramp. You like that? You like that? It's good. I do. Well done. Let's dive into the Tour de France because there's so much to cover. And when we were sitting um, down to do our rundown, we were like, goodness, where do you start? There are just so many things that we could go through. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. You know, I love my fun facts. You said you've done your prep. So um, yeah. what, what are your fun facts? You know, I love numbers. I do. So I've got some. It's obviously 21 days, 22 teams, 176 riders are starting Guaranteed not that many will finish. 3,405 kilometres. And get this. They have to ride six times the elevation of Mount Everest. Six times. About 56,467 vertical metres, I believe. Correct. Heavens. Yeah, yeah. So there's some facts for you. And, And a record number of Aussies are starting this year's race, which is so exciting for us. It is. We'll, we'll jump into uh, who those Aussies are. But um, can I throw some of my fun facts at you? Love it. Um, this year's Tour de France it starts in Bilbao, so it's in uh, Spain, in, in Basque country. I wouldn't so much call it a Tour de France. I would say it is a tour across France, not around. It starts in the southwest. It heads to the northwest and then a big transfer to Paris. But there's a lot more fronts they don't cover than they do, like, you know, the large majority of the north and the large majority of the south. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not in there, but it's a pretty mountainous course this year. Our oldest rider, Who? our oldest rider this year, um, is Dries Devenens. Now, he starts the tour at 39 years and 344 days, which <sighs> means on stage 20, he's going to celebrate his 40th birthday. Oh, good on him. He's still... Quite a bit younger than me. Happy birthday. Uh-huh. We'll just keep going with that yeah, line. Moving um, on. Aussie Simon Clark, he's about fifth or sixth eldest in the race and he turns 37 uh, on stage 16. He won a stage last year. So um, one of the odds, he's old, but he's kicking on. Serious question. What will he eat on his birthday night? Oh, I would assume a giant cake. <laughs> I hope for him a giant cake. Um, and the youngest is Quinn Cinnam- Cinnam- Cinnamon. Cinnamon Donut. <laughs> he should be eating that yes. at some point because he's the newly crowned US national champion. He's 22 years and 54 days uh, old. So, you know, we've got like an 18-year 
differential spread between uh, the youngsters and uh, the more elite. I also figured out that of the 209 support vehicles uh, that the Tour de France provide, are uh, provided by Skoda, 207 Skoda. of them are electric vehicles or hybrid. Good. So I've, that's great. I've said this for a long time. Why don't they have more electric vehicles in the caravan? I know. I, I think it's a very good do- job from um, Skoda. Mm. And they're coming up now to 20 years supporting the Tour de France, uh, which cool. is pretty cool. Um, another, you drive a Skoda? I do drive a Skoda, Skoda. a Kodiak. It's a beautiful mm. Skoda. Um, we're going to talk about who's out, but I wanted to say that because Sam Bennett is out, I'm going to kick this conversation off, it means there's no Irish rider at the Tour de France at all. Stop it. I know. I feel like That's... Sam Bennett's kind of been rejected more than a contestant on The Bachelorette. Like the poor fella. <laughs> he goes to Bora, doesn't work. He goes to Quickstep, doesn't work. He comes back to Bora and he'll be sitting on the sofa uh, digesting the tour in that fashion. Yeah, there's a few uh, eyebrow raises this week in news of uh, people who are not going to be there on the start line. The big one, I think, Froomey. Froomey. Not going to be there, Kate. No, and not happy about it. Not happy. Uh, he posted some lovely photos on his social media of him preparing uh, for the tour. But he threw something a little bit spicy out there, saying when he wasn't included, mm. kind of blaming, uh, in a very broad way, blaming his equipment. Yes, yeah, saw that. It's, uh, I don't know, what do you think? Uh, Philip oh. Gilbert? Philippe. Philippe. Gilbert. Gilbert. It's, it's, it's the a... worst name though, right? Because for Aussies, it's Philip Gilbert. Yeah, Philip Gilbert. <laughs> so but, uh, we can he, call him Phil Gill. He made some comments during the week uh, saying that it's no surprise to him that Froomey's out and, uh, you know. No. I mean, it's you know, this is interesting because I love watching Chris Froome race. Um, I've met him. He's a lovely fella as well. And when you meet them and they're nice, it makes you... Kind of mm. want to cheer for them more. Mm. I've got to say that. You met him uh, at Worlds. I did, and yeah, I. Yeah. But I also met him at the Tour Down Under, yeah, and yeah. Uh, big fan favourite. Now, the the thing about Chris Froome is when Israel Premier Tech signed him, they didn't sign him necessarily because they thought he could win a Tour de France again. They signed him because everybody is watching him. It's a really good story, and he's great for publicity. I think that they've gotten to a point now with their team where they don't necessarily need him for that anymore. At the Giro, we saw Derek G and G wasn't he impressive? <laughs> boom. Boom dish. <laughs> uh, That's and very cool. at the tour, they've got Michael Woods. We've got um, Simon Clark, of course. Like it's a really impressive uh, and solid team lineup. If they're not racing for Froome for GC, then they've got a lot of other things to focus on. So, yeah, but I, I'm still bummed because I still think from a fan and PR perspective, I would have loved to see him there. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like Froomey. Um, another one, Greg Van Oh, this is Out. a This is Out. a bit spicy too. Uh, he's He expressed his disappointment. It's fair to say he's also not happy. Mm. Um, he, he Along the lines of he would have thought he'd been give, he'd be given more respect. Yeah, it would have been his, his 10th Tour de France. Mm. And he had been training hard to be there, so a bit of a shock. Well, you know, I don't like odd numbers. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a big fan of um, three, five, seven, or nine. So it would be very offensive to me 
to ride nine tours to France, <laughs> but not get the tenth. Weak. No. Um, so yeah, it's a. T- I mean, I think that again, if you look at where he's at, you know, you don't take someone to the Tour de France just cause. Mm. Wait, as soon as I said that, I thought, no, no, there's an exception. This will be controversial. Um, cycling's favourite goat farmer, Pino. Oh, he is going oh, to the Tour de France, but he's going in the place of Arno Demar. Yeah, who is also not happy. Also, oh not, dear, geez, they're, they're ranking up, aren't they? Now he said that he's focused his entire season, mm. um, very GVA like, mm. on the tour. He's in great form. Well, they're not the best of friends. No, they're look. Demar is not the best of friends with many of the riders, mm. um, even in his own team. To be honest, he's a bit controversial. I'm not a huge fan of his racing style. I'll say that. Mm. Um, don't know him personally, though, so I won't throw shade in that direction. Um, but Pino will entertain. Look, I'd love to see him win a stage race, but more than that, this is his final Tour de France, and he is a cult figure in France. And for yeah, anybody yeah. who's been watching along with Unchained, Unchained. you will know just how much the French people love him. And I feel like it would be an absolute travesty to not take him in his final year when he was so animated at the Giro to not take him. So I support the uh, the inclusion of him on that one. Very good. Well, mm. there's also some, uh, you know, positive news on who is going to be there and making his debut is... Uh, Binium Gourmet, which is yes. fantastic because I love that fella. Yes, we are very excited uh, that he's coming along, not just because he has the ability to really animate the sprint stages and do some wonderful things. I think last season uh, when he pulled out of um, the Giro after the champagne cork popping incident, incident straight into his eye, which shall be known as the incident. <laughs> uh, you know, I think. Cork eye. Cork- Oh, I Hawkeye. like that. That's yeah. good, right? And for any fans of MASH, it's very yeah, close to Hawkeye. Very good. I liked him. Uh, but the, the young Eritrean, he's only 23. He is also so popular and an incredible, incredible role model um, for the African um, continent in, you know, on, on this level. And I just think it's sensational to have him there. Mm. Well, he mentioned that. He said in a quote that uh, when he was a young boy, he thought that cycling was just for, for European people. Um, so it's, you know, a dream come true for him, which is just fantastic. Oh, gee. I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? Mm. Imagine that you grow up watching something and don't see yourself and think that no matter what you do, you know, you're excluded just because of the colour of your skin. I, I mean, I must say it's not something I've experienced and it's hard to understand, but mm. what an incredible powerful statement. I'd love to see him win a stage or two. Yeah. He'll be yeah. Uh, knocking some of my favies off the perch if he does. So I'm looking at you out, Van Aert, but uh, <laughs> still, still a big supporter. Um, another great uh, return, if you like, is Egan Bernal. He'll be, yes. he'll be starting the 2023 Tour de France. Yes. I'm very happy to see him back. I mean, he has talked quite emotionally about uh, what it's like to be back on on the start line. Of course, he missed last year's. Um, most fans have followed along his injury journey after a, a horrific accident that he was lucky to live through, let alone uh, be able to be at this level again. And I think the expectations from him personally might be quite high because he's been there, done that in terms of uh, performing at Grand Tours. But I, I think from fans, we can just expect him 
um, to be back, to be competitive and just cheer him along, whatever his journey looks like. Mm. It's a great story of resilience and courage. And um, I love when the Colombianas, when the Colombian fans go bananas at the tour, and they do, they literally go nuts. Um, any football fans remember what the Football World Cup was, was like um, and with the Colombian fans. So, yeah, I think it's pretty cool uh, to have to have him back. Now, we mentioned uh, in our opener there that uh, Mark Cavendish mm. has a secret weapon. Now, I'm getting to the reason why I'm bringing this up with people, you know, starting in the tour. But Mark Renshaw <laughs> is returning. To help Cav break that record, but to Explain be clear, that. <laughs> right, he's not he's not riding. No, <laughs> no, he's returning um, in a supporting capacity as a team consultant. Yes, uh, for Mark Cavendish. Well, I'm calling him the secret weapon. Ooh, righto. The Mark M squared. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a documentary in this whole thing. Yeah, in the M squared, the so, marks. So just uh, for those who don't know, explain a bit about Renshaw and why you know why that's a big deal. Well, Mark Renshaw and Mark Cavendish uh, used to be besties on the bike uh, and besties off the bike, and um, unfortunately, one of the Mark squared retired early. That's Mark uh, Renshaw, of course. But they were the most dynamic lead out and sprinter team. Uh, almost that the world of cycling has seen, if we look back through history there, one of the strongest partnerships. The, the Marks, Mark Squared, won six stages of the tour together um, in lead-out sprint fashion. Uh, and let's be honest, Mark Cavendish needs a little work mm. if he's going to win this mm. well, um, record-breaking especially stage. Especially because Garrett Thomas isn't going to be there to lead oh, him out. Yeah, well, he's only had one victory this year. The final stage of the Giro, <laughs> the Giro, and he got a wonderful, massive lead out from the fella who ultimately finished second. So fair to say, was in good form. Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope that his Astana team are taking it well, as in his teammates. The team management obviously are taking it seriously by bringing Mark Renshaw into support. But how would you feel if you were one of his purported lead out fellas? Well, true. Yeah. But what what do you think Renshaw can offer though? Uh, he can offer forgetting anything on the bike, um, reassurance and confidence um, and calm to Cavendish because they've got just that wonderful relationship together. Uh, he can also offer some great strategy to the riders who are in in charge of leading him out. He can also offer some great strategy to Cavendish when he's getting a little bit lost. I mean, Cavendish has such a brilliant racing mind, mm. but... Renshaw has a bit of a different view of it all and you put them together and I think it gives Cavendish a bigger arsenal to draw from mm. uh, when he's getting the good lead outs, when he's perhaps not getting the good lead outs and um, just general race strategy and calm. So I think it's a brilliant idea. I don't know does why it, they didn't do it earlier. Yeah, well, does that show just how seriously he's taking this record? Like to I bring him on so. just for that? Yeah, but I, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but inevitably... Uh, he'll get interviewed before the race starts and he'll be asked about the record and mm. he'll say it's not important to him, blah, 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 don't believe it. I think that this is a sure sign that even if he doesn't care about it, Astana do. I predict he'll break the record. Ooh, and, early prediction. And, and, and there'll be tears because he's an emotional guy and I, I don't care what he says, 
it's a super important thing for him in his final year of racing. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's like the history of the sport depends on it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I share the same view that he will get it, but it would be a fairy tale. Guaranteed. So I but hope so. On the Champs Elysees, perhaps. Oh, see that, I mean, that is the fairy tale, right? Hopefully they're uh, doing Unchained uh, oh, I hope so too. They year. they haven't confirmed it, um, actually. I did a bit of digging this morning um, in my role as principal researcher for myself, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I couldn't find anything about it being confirmed. I don't know. I, I have a bit of a thought that after uh, this series, there might be a few teams and potentially team directors, Alperson, Deconic, I'm looking at you, uh, who maybe didn't come across as well as they thought they could. Um, Mark Matteo is the nicest team director on the whole circuit based on watching Unchained. Uh, but I do wonder if they might be hesitant to be involved or they might reconsider their management style just a little bit based on the feedback. Mm. Well, yeah, we mentioned there's a record number of, uh, of Aussies starting. So let's go through them a little bit. Here's a bit of a fact for you. Only France, Belgium, and Netherlands have a bigger contingent How cool of is that? TDF competitors. That's so That's pretty good. cool. Now, this is the equal number. I think I threw a bum steer earlier when I declared it was absolutely the most. We did have 12 start in 2012, but we've got 12 again. Uh, we haven't had over 10. Uh, we had 10 in 2021, but it's been kind of the around the eight and nine. So this is a really good year to have the Aussies there. But more than that, they're not just there to make up numbers. They are not. I um, mean, I'm thinking we might see Mr. Glutes O'Connor on or near the podium. I I would love to see that. I would love to see that. We've got um, a debutant in Matt Dinham. Uh, he's riding for Team DSM, 23 years of age. So one of the youngest riders in the race. He's a really exciting rider to me. I've seen him progress from NRS level to under 23 world championship competitor to be picked up by um, a pro team. And I think it's really exciting to have him there. But Team DSM is pretty much the new Aussie team. Like Sam Wellsford. It used to be Jake Owalula, yeah. but now it's Team DSM flying the flag because they've got also Sam Wellsford. They've got Chris Hamilton there um, and Alex Edmondson. So four just from DSM. Um, over at Bora, of course, we've got Jai Hindley. Yes. Um, he he is definitely big highlighter over his name. Uh, he and Emmanuel Bookman uh, will kind of spearhead Bora's GC chances. And we saw last year with, with Yumbo how positive it can be when you go in with a joint leadership approach, um, taking a bit of pressure off. Uh, we've, of course, got Glutes O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glutes at, uh, and Jack Haig. Jack Haig, he's at Bahrain. Um, in Team Jaco Walula, we've got Luke Durbridge and Chris Harper, uh, the two Aussies there. And no bling no this bling. year. No. Look, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Um, I think we love watching him race and how dynamic he is, but he can't do it all. He, no, he can't entertain he, us at the Giro, at the No. Tour. Is he focusing on worlds? You know, I think that... It's a really good course for him because it's a pretty sprintery course. Oh, God. He's been the bridesmaid a few times. Mm. I'd love to see him step up. Um, Wrapping out the 12, um, we can't look past Caleb Ewan, seeing him come back. Well, Lotto Destiny. No, I'm excited about the the, the sprints 
Yeah. All the sprints that we're going to see. The sprints. battle of the sprints. Well, look, he's also celebrating a birthday um, on stage 10 of the tour as well. Turns 29, so not quite into another decade. Spring chicken. <laughs> Spring chicken. <laughs> um, and, of course, Simon Clark, our other birthday boy, and Nick Schultz um, at Israel Premier Tech. So for the most part, like Jack Haig, Jai Hindley, um, Ben O'Connor and Caleb Ewan are on their own in their teams, but well-established. The rest of them have got uh, got some mates out there, um, some Aussie mates. So I think strong contingent for the Aussie Cup. Mm. Yes. Because that's, we'll you know, that, that's a competition that goes on, whether it's recognised formally or not. No, absolutely. Now, we need to talk about the big rivalries, Kate. There are a few big rivalries, aren't there? Well, there's none bigger than... You know, the two favourites. Can we talk about Pog? Oh, Can we talk about think, Pog and Jonas? I think it's time to talk about Pog and Jonas. Yeah. They're kind of going, I don't know. Are they going in as equal favourites? Well, do I we have not placed a bet in my life on anything, right? But I do look up the, the odds. Oh, okay. Right? All right. So the, what are the, the odds? The are putting their money. And Jonas... Gets the majority of the of the punters' uh, tips, right? So th- they think Jonas is going to win the Tour mm. de France. But then uh, there's a couple of publications that have, you know, that should know, that have written their backing Tade, right? Ooh. Okay. But I reckon that Jonas has the better team and the better support. And so I, I think I'm tipping him. Well, I okay. Love, I mean, I think that UAE goes in as the number one ranked team in the world. They've had 39 victories this season, so eyeballs on them. But Yumbo, technically the second uh, ranked team in the world, but they've actually had 42 wins this Mm, season. But does any of that matter when it comes to a time? Yeah, I think it does because it shows from both of them that they know how to work as a team and they know how to get results and it's not just one rider um, on UAE or over at Yumbo who have been getting these results. Certainly Pog will come in with a really different attitude to other years because he'll have the confidence that he knows he can win it, mm. but he also doesn't have the pressure of coming yeah, in. Yeah, that's what I thought. The pressure is not really on incumbent. him. No, well, um, and the wrist as well, right? Like he seems pretty confident, mm. but, you know, yeah. it's... We'll see a fair bit in the first week, I think. If he comes in really hot, I'd be surprised. And if he comes in on red-hot form in week one, I can only see his form getting better and I'd be a bit concerned if I was his competitors about that. Yeah, but, I mean, Yumbo's got Wout on the team. I mean, what a good helper he is. Yumbo has got such a cracker team. Um, Laporte? I'm going to flip through my notes here. I don't think I write... Notes more than when it's tour time. I just have notebooks um, full of stuff. They've got Van Art, Van Bala, Sepp Kuss. I mean, come on. Anybody would want him as their uh, number one lieutenant. Christophe Laporte, mm. he could win many stages on his own. Uh, Kelderman, Tish Benut, and, uh, of course, um, Jonas, my Danish cousin, kind of, <laughs> sort of. But the, the fisherman. The, the fishermen. Probably the issue, I think, for Yumbo is that there's so many of the riders who could win stages on in their own right. And 
thanks to the look behind the curtain with Unchained, we know that that did cause a bit of tension mm. uh, last year around Wout Van Aert. He handled it beautifully. Well, just on that, he just came out this week and sort of, I think, to put to bed some of those fires. And he said he'll be contesting many of the sprint stages. So Ooh. he's put that out there himself, which I thought was interesting. Well, and he's also said he's not going for the green jersey. So, mm. But if he's going for the sprint stages, that that's a bit of um, inconsistency in those two yeah. statements. But if they can manage it and manage all the egos and the ambitions like they did last year, I think they're going to be hard to beat. Um, whereas I think over at UAE, the full focus is on um, getting Podge up. So mm. I'd love to see uh, Jay Vine there helping him out. One oh, I'd love to as well. How good would that be? Uh, he's had a tough year. He I has. think that we might have to defer to another year to really see mm. him shine bright. But we can't overlook teams like Ineos. Um, we've got Feathers Pidcock lining up there. Yes. Remember, he's he's the Olympic champion on the mountain bike. It, mm. We talk about him in many ways. When I say we, I mean cycling commentators. Like he's super talented, but he's pretty young and new to it. But actually, in many regards, he's an old hand. And, and we've seen um, all of the videos of how incredibly he can descend. Uh, because he comes from mountain bikes, he's got such good skills. And watching him go down a climb, uh, down a descent, is almost edge of the seat. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Watching, it really the skills is extraordinary. That guy has. Yeah. And the comfort doing it too. And the, um, you know, the, what, the, the Com- courage. The courage. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, let's not um, forget about the elephant in the room when it comes to um, descending and whatnot after what happened in the Tour of Swiss with, um, with Gino Mader. I think that the attitude to that might be a little bit different now. Yeah. Um, and again, I guess we'll see how that plays out and, uh, yeah, good luck to um to the teams navigating that element of it. Yeah, and Tom um, as Tom, well, I would Tom say. Pidcock also mentioned that um you know that that has made him think twice and and you know uh, about just how dangerous it is. Mm, it's interesting that some of the media in the past have gone pretty hard covering um and critiquing how people descend and whether they descend well, criticizing them if they don't championing them if they do. I'm wondering if some of that rhetorical change a bit um, for this tour. Yeah, likely I would suggest. Wait and see. Now, more rivalries. Can we talk about the sprinters? Because uh, it's going to be cracking. It's going to be exciting. I'm seeing your face light up um, like you're a young child standing in front of a candy store. And um, Can I just put it out there? I don't think Peter Sagan... Um, is going to win the green jersey or a stage? Can I? Can I just? Well, before we talk sprints, I can I just say that things aren't <laughs> going well in his final year on the road? Um, but there are so many. Like, who is going to win the the green jersey? Who are the contenders? Ooh, I, mean, I mean, Michael Matthews isn't there. No. Wout. I mean, Gourmet says he's not. But come on now. Um, I think Biniam Gourmet could be in a good position if he's consistent to do so. Uh, you know, Mark Cavendish will be there or thereabouts in a lot of the sprints as well. Uh, it kind of depends on how hard they're racing in the hilly and the intermediate stages because what we saw at the Giro and 
Uh, what we've seen in the tour in the past is the field's so exhausted that they let a lot of breaks go on what could be sprint stages. Uh, you know, or some of the bigger teams choose not to really use their energy to chase mm. things back because of, of what's coming. So the first week we'll get a bit more of an idea about how that's all playing out. But stage one starts with a pretty hilly, tough stage. So from the get-go, the sprinters will be um, trying to survive a little bit. And look, you know, Demar's been left at home. A lot of teams have made decisions uh, not to necessarily bring a big loaded sprint team. But does this open up an opportunity for Caleb Ewan? That'd be good. This is what I mean. There's so many possibilities when it comes to the green jersey this year. Yeah, I would I'm really, excited. really be emotionally scarred if Caleb Ewan has another photo finish oh, at the Tour de France him. because <laughs> this year his whole season has been defined by what he hasn't won when throwing his bike to the line. Now, he gets a lot of uh, interest and praise because of his small stature and mm. his ability to get so low in the sprints. People have tried to emulate that. Parents around the globe are saying, don't try that at home, kids, uh, because of how extreme it is. But I'm going to put it out there that that really disadvantages him when it comes to a photo finish because you know what short legs generally mean? Tell me. Short arms. Oh, yeah. So when, well, the, so the, when the, he's throwing for the line, <laughs> he, he doesn't quite have the same gusto as Wout Van Aert. No. Well, the good thing is at the tour, they have far superior technology to decide those photo finishes. So that is oh, a good thing. So you're saying that if he is in a photo finish, we'll be more comfortable with the result. With the result. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. I'll pay that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, there's a bunch of uh, new jerseys in the Tour de France peloton. First of all, I guess we should mention Little Trek. Little Trek. Yes. Well. Little Trek have had a pretty uh, good outing all around. They have. Um, so we've got, yeah, we've got a number of uh, New Jerseys. The, they put out a competition, if you recall, to design a new Trek Little Jersey. And uh, where are we going to pop those uh, logos? Well, they haven't. They haven't taken a lot of the inspiration on board. I've got to say, no, it's a bit. <laughs> yeah, the Lidl average. Uh, logo is just front and centre. It's just smack in the middle mm. um, of the of the jersey. But uh, Matthias Skelmosa, who just quietly, I'm very excited about he and the whole Danish contingent at the Tour de France. I just think, aside from the fact that the pronunciation of most of their names is nigh on impossible <laughs> uh, for the Australians, they're a very exciting team. But he is um, a new national champion uh, of Denmark and. Of course, that is normally a red jersey with a white uh, cross in the middle of it. A um, little bit different to a uh, Swiss champions jersey, but not that different. Anyway, it's got a giant Lidl in the middle of the flag. Yes. So, I mean, good real estate for Lidl, but not sure about that. Um, and aside from sponsor changes, and of course, Yumbo are always in a different jersey at the tour because they can't wear their distinct the, the yellow. Yellow. Well, we've got the, the national Champions well, these jerseys, new national right? champions. Well, we're not going to see the Slovenian one much, I don't reckon, because that's Pogacar again. So that True. may be covered up fairly quickly. 
uh, in either a yellow jersey or a white jersey from the Young Riders. Richard Carapaz um, is rocking it for Ecuador. Fred Wright. Now, he won the British National Championships. Uh, Wright said Fred. Wright said Fred. And um, so he'll be rocking the GB colours. He's so cool, Bahrain Victorious. I'm just – we talked about him a lot last year because he just has a certain panache. Uh, And even the way he talks to media, uh, he's very upfront – but he lets himself be vulnerable, yeah. uh, but he doesn't really take any crap when he's asked bad questions. That has happened uh, lately. So mm. warning be to any of the uh, journos, the tour who want to yep. throw right, said Fred, a tough tough question. Hello, Sophie. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Sophie Smith. Shout out to her. She's going to bring us some incredible content. She just arrived. Um, and when I say we... The wheelhouse hasn't contracted her over there, but we will see if we can get... Uh, we'll read her articles. Yes, we'll, we'll see if we can get a few words from Soph. But we've got the likes of Quinn Simmons um, from the US in the jersey, Lutsenko um, at Astana. He'll be in the Kazakh jersey again. Esteban Chavez rocking it for uh, Colombia. There's 13 in total. Dylan Van Bala um, at Yumbo is another one we will notice very very well, but I just love having the champions jerseys on the start line and having 13 uh, in the road race and 10 in the time trial mm. is pretty cool. Again, I'm it, just a bit bummed we don't have any of the Aussie champions there. No, well, one other jersey we won't see is the rainbow jersey of Remco. Well, he's also now the Belgian champion, champion. Belgian yeah. road champion. So isn't he getting a little bit greedy yeah. with his jerseys? He'll need a bigger Wardrobe. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that's the reality is we won't see then the Belgian champions jersey for the first six months. No. Or three months, I suppose, because we've got an earlier Worlds this year. Yeah. Oh, he could win it again. Yeah, he's got more jerseys than the Parramatta Eels case. (laughs) Oh, look, the Parramatta Eels jerseys are all equally as classy (laughs) as Remco's. Thank you very much. Yes. My goodness. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. Now, um, of course, it starts this Saturday night, SBS, Kino and the team there uh, from 8.40 start streaming. Thank you to them, to the writers, for getting up early for us. 8.40 is like quite <laughs> well, civilised. Yeah. We can do that. Yes. That, uh, you know. Reasonable Late nights, early for the mornings fans. again. Yes, Here yes. Goes Welcome to July. Bags under the eyes, and you know, lots yes. of coffee. I've, early. um, I've on social media, people have been, uh, well, the ladies in particular have been joking about stocking up on eye cream. Yeah. Um, for the month yeah. of July, so at work, people don't realise how sleep deprived we are. There'll be a. Uh, a lot more people working from home. I yes, reckon, indeed. Yes. Three weeks. If you July. happen to work for the Commonwealth Bank, bad luck. Yes. They're uh, not Sorry, not God. letting you work from home at the moment. Eek. Now, there's another uh, significant bike race happening. Starts uh, tomorrow, which is what's tomorrow? Friday. Thirtieth of thirtieth uh, of June. It's the 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 Giro. How do, how do you the Giro Donna. Donna Giro Donna. Yes. The race that was maybe not going to happen, but it is happening. Well, yes, haven't we discussed quite a number of tips? (laughs) Yes, they paid the prize money. They've confirmed the uh, media coverage, although, you know, TBC on what's actually going to happen there. Um, But nine stages, 968 kilometres, kicks off with a 4.4 kilometre prologue uh, in Toscana. 
They do have TV coverage. We're not sure what it's going to look like just yet, but we will definitely be pushing that out um, on our Twitter and Instagram because, you know, it always kind of riles me the timing of the Women's Giro because mm. 95% of the world's media are looking at the Tour de France and a women's grand tour is going on and they're essentially jumping up and down and saying, hey, look at us too. So I want to make sure we can all kind of um, get around that, you mm. know, and um Well, there's a few uh, notable absentees uh, that are are. not going to be showing up. Well, traditionally, um, the Giro Donna was the biggest tour on the calendar, but now that we've got the Tour de France Femme, which starts just a couple of weeks after. So the Giro Donna finishes on July 9th, Tour de France Femme of Ex-Zwift starts on the 23rd of July. So, you know, not a lot, not a lot there. Mm. Um, But... Who we do have, we think, because the start oh, list no is team list. No not yet list. confirmed. Can you believe that? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, because it's this race, we can. Um, is Mariana Vos? Yes. And Annemiek van Vloten. Yes. So van Vloten is chasing her fourth title. Um, Mariana Vos, she's also chasing her fifth her fourth title. Her what title? Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Fabiana Luperini, the Italian, is the only one who's won five. Three of those were on the trot, so she's got a solid record. Um, Anna van der Breggen has won four. In the last 13 years, the Dutch have won it 10 out of the 13 editions. If Van Vloten and or Mariana Vos were to win, really it's kind of becoming the Dutch Cup (laughs) because then they wouldn't take the overall record off Luperini But they would take it. Uh, they would get in the history books for for the Dutch. So now there's also like the TDF uh, some new national champions jerseys at this bike race. Um, there are the um, national championships. Of course, uh, last weekend was held. So we'll see um, some of those riders heading out um, on that. We'll jump into those in a moment. But I just want to highlight the Aussies uh, that are involved because um, we've got seven Aussies and that's quite a lot. That's quite cool to have um, seven Aussies out there. Tiff Cromwell. She's leading. She's captain. Yes, yeah, she's captain for, um, for Canyon SRAM. Mm-hmm. We've got Sarah Roy there as well. Great to see Sarah back. She's had also a tough start of the season, uh, which included a broken tailbone and then a very giant piece of the Milton uh, velodrome went through her thigh. Uh, not pleasant pictures, but if you're into it, go check out Sarah Roy's um, social media because it is quite interesting. Uh, but we've also got Neve Bradbury on Canyon SRAM. Now, she did really well, kind of rose to prominence um, through Zwift Academy. Young rider, but a huge amount of talent. She's a climber. She's only 21 years of age. I think that we can put a highlighter over her. Um, we've also got from Team Jake Olula, Ruby Roseman Gannon, uh, and Georgia Baker, both sprinters. So hello, talking about the sprint jersey. Love it. Uh, Loretta Hansen is at Lidl Trek and Ella Simpson at uh, Born to Win G20 Ambedo. So that's just a local um, team that have gotten a wild card. Uh, but it will be really great to see um, her out there as well. An interesting one, I think, is the dynamic. And I'm. it doesn't happen in the men so much. Uh, is that because it's so close to uh, the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift, we've got some pretty notable 
exclusions from the race. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, take us through who's not going to be. Demi, Demi, Demi Vollering. Demi Vollering. Not there. Not there. Lotta um, Kapecki. Lotta Kapecki. Also not, not there. there. Grace Brown. Not there. Why the is Aussie. Grace Brown not there? Well, because they're getting ready for oh, the Tour de yeah, France okay. of Egg Zwift. Yeah, gotcha. And I think that that's, um, you know, one of the biggest things about this race is that we've got a few uh, kind of mixed mixed teams. Some of them ascending uh, A-teams. But Demi there Vollering. there a lot of ladies that are doing both? Uh, yeah, but it, it really depends how they... How they prepare, and you know, we were talking about national champions jerseys. Demi Vollering, um, who won over in the Netherlands, she won't be there, and mm. so that that'll be a shame not to see that. Um, of course, we talked about Remco in the men; it's also a shame that he won't be there. Um, so yeah, it'll be an interesting race, though. So stick stick to the coverage, people. I would say Remco that. definitely won't be in No, the, but I mean at the Tour de <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Merxy. No, that's that's all. Well, and the good. other thing I, I want to say, there's a fellow on Twitter by the name of Mark Pryor who does Seven Nations mm-hmm. Cup or Eight Nations um, where you pick a rider from each country to create um, a bit of a dream team for the event. Now, he is running uh, a Seven Nations for the Giro. So if you check out... Um, Mark Pryor on internet and the hashtag Seven Nations Giro. Um, you can get involved in that and pick that. We will be getting behind that. Uh, we've got a bit of work to do because we we've also got to pick our Eight Nations. Yes, this is on Twitter, um, right? Tour de France. It Twitter. is on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's it's a really cool thing to be involved in um, and see how you go. Uh, now, why am I wearing this shirt? Oh, yes. Well, it's... let me describe this shirt because a lot of people are listening and not watching. Uh, it is a T-shirt, a blue base. Thanks it to has, Champion Systems. Oh, thanks to Jam Systems. It has a lot of beautiful flowers on them. You're a bit of a green thumb gardener. What kind of flowers are they, Maxie? Uh, well, they're, they're tropical flowers. Tropical flowers. Yeah. Um, they. It also says Escape over the front of it because this was dreamed up by the fellas over at Escape Collective uh, and Team Roop. I think actually that's a hibiscus. A hibiscus. It's a hibiscus. There we are. It's very tropical. Yeah, very tropical. So loud like Roop's. Shirts. You're not yet. Yeah, you're not sitting here with a cocktail in your hand. No. You're supporting Roop because Roop has made his way across, across America. America. <laughs> he made it. He made it. Boom. He did. Four thousand eight hundred kilometres worth, no less. Uh, and he he was met at the finish line uh, where he won the sixty to sixty nine category by his beautiful partner Lizzie and um, they've been on quite a journey together. Last year uh, it did not go to plan and he had to pull out pretty early in the stage Uh, but this year a bit of a dream for him and he Mm. did say that he could hardly believe it because for him it was just proving that he could do it and I think we can all agree that uh, 4,800 kilometres without many breaks He's a long, long day in the saddle. And um, a bit of a shout out to Gary Harmer, his crew chief, who did an amazing job getting him there. Yeah. Very good. Congrats to Roop. Well, um, before we go, though, um, we're going to talk about something that you've been desperate to try and get off the rundown. Uh, No. No, no, no. Um, We don't need to talk about this. uh, No, no. Look, we've lined it up. I want you to play an audio clip for us because we're going to talk about why is Peter Sagan... In the doghouse. Why is he in trouble? Righto, here it is. Hi, 
reaching out to tell you I am deeply sorry for screwing up during a moment of weakness. I would like to apologize to my family, my friends, my team, our sponsors and everybody that supported me. I committed to learn from this mistake and becoming a better person in the future. Well, that was him on Instagram. Okay, you wanted to play it? Yep. There you go. So what's he in strife for, Mercy? Your hero. <sighs> I think a we're fallen out of hero. time, aren't we out of time? <laughs> it's not good timing for, for Petto. It is not. Uh, he he got uh, done for 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 drink driving. Drinks, D, DUI. Drink driving. Um, um, more specifically, uh, reckless driving on a scooter. Yeah. On a motor scooter. Uh, he... Uh, at 11.35 in the morning, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a bender. He, he was out till 3 a.m. drinking at a number of, of nightclubs mm. with some mates. And in the morning, he uh, was breathalyzed by police. And, uh, yes, he, he blew quite a lot oh, over he did. the limit. Six times over the limit, to be honest. Now, oh, all jokes aside, Merksy, I know he's a bit of your hero, um, you love him, yeah. but um, there's a couple of things about this story that mm. don't sit right with me. The first of which is uh, this was on the 12th of May this year. So yes. we're talking about a fella who uh, is now competing with guys who on the 12th of May were racing um, a lap around uh, Italy, getting fit. And uh, from a competitive point of view, I'm just not really sure why he's doing this. He's in his final year of racing. I would have thought he could hang on. Uh, for another 12 months, we've evolved beyond this kind of behaviour. And, um, you know, David Boone I, I and feel, his... I feel and like his, I'm getting a lecture. No. Like, David, like I did something wrong. David Boone and his 32 uh, beers on a plane. Mm. That's the time of old for yeah. athletes. Um, but also just, he's a role model. Come on, yeah, pedo. I mean, that's a that's really crappy. It's a crappy thing, thing to, to do. do. And could have been a lot worse, you know. It is. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, super disappointing. I do notice that he didn't mention what actually happened mm. uh, in his statement there that well, he put out on Instagram. From a um, let's humanise it a little bit because he's going to get uh, a little bit blasted in terms of just doing this and the inappropriateness of it. Um, but he also got done for drink driving in November 2021. Um, I think it's fair to say he has a bit of an issue. And mm. I hope that he's getting some support because when you're in a good headspace, you're not doing this. Yeah. This has happened two times in the last couple of years. Um, so let's throw a bit of um, support around him to make sure he, he gets some help. But um, sorry, Merksy, sorry to to bring your hero into yeah. well, the shade a little. He's he's still got worlds, uh, not to mention the Tour de France, but also he wants to represent his country in mountain bike. So. I don't know. You don't go on benders yeah. if you if you plan to do that. Not really consistent with what he's saying his goals are. I wouldn't is have thought so. No. no, I wouldn't have thought so. Well, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground here. Uh, before we go, I do want to say another big shout out to Sophie Smith, um, who is over there and covering some awesome stuff. The crew uh, from SBS, Christoph Malay, must be an absolute baguette. Camembert laden yeah. heaven. I've seen him uh, on socials him. getting amongst the, uh, <laughs> yes. the French cuisine. Mm -hmm. mm. And uh, Maddie Keenan is leading the commentary team uh, with Simon Gerrans um, and Bridie O'Donnell is over there as well. And I love having uh, a female 
uh, voice on the coverage, which Absolutely. is fantastic. And uh, so good luck to them and to Gracie Elvin and uh, Dave McKenzie. They've got a pretty solid team out there. Uh, they'll be keeping us awake and entertained uh, for the next month. Just before we do go, though, the first stage starts in uh, Basque Oh, in Basque Country, country right? it can does. You, I've never been there, but can you explain well, where I'm, that is and what look, that is? I'm glad you asked because oh, we welcome. know I love a... Uh, a deep dive and you a little research a project. So That's I've thrown kind of myself why I vigorously into this. Uh, Bilbao is the home of the Guggenheim Museum, if nothing else. Mm. Google the Guggenheim. Beautiful, beautiful building mm. uh, on the river uh, in Bilbao. It's in the uh, the northwest of Spain, in the Basque region, um, or the Basque country, as they like to say. Uh, it's no uh, secret that they have tried to be their own uh, country over the years, uh, but it, it's a beautiful part of Spain. Interesting for many reasons, but they've been big supporters um, of cycling, especially women's cycling, uh, with Biscaya, which is one of the regions in the Basque country. Uh, and you'd be familiar with their name if you've watched women's cycling because they have a Biscaya Durango uh, women's team that's been there for a long time. But it's also a really interesting uh, region in the history of cycling because of the tour of the Basque country that we see, San Sebastian Classica uh, is on there as well. Euskadi, um, Euskatel, the very prominent orange uh, team that are now pro tour but have been represented at many tours come from um, this region as well. And uh, it's a shame Joel's not here for the pronunciation part because uh, Merxi the language, the Basque language, is quite complicated. It's actually, um, it's called Euskara. It's not even related to Spanish or French, so mm. it's quite a, a unique dialect and, and language. And it has a lot of characters in it that are not very friendly to the English accent <laughs> or tone. So you know whether, uh, when you're looking at a team of Spanish names, whether they are from the Basque country or not, because their names often have uh, Zs in it that uh, gotcha. we don't know how to well, pronounce. I've just done a little <laughs> search on my phone and it says uh, it's a hub of architecture and design where gritty factories and shipyards give way to cutting-edge landmarks such as the titanium-clad Guggenheim Museum. Oh, it is beautiful, yes. And they've had about, I think, 36 editions of the Vuelta uh, have started or finished in Bilbao. Uh, so, yeah, it's a beautiful – it's on the Atlantic coast, beautiful um, Bay of Biscay and a very good tourist destination. So if you're into it, get over there, watch watch uh, some bike racing, look at the Guggenheim. Can't I'm wait. just warming. We're just warming up for um, Phil Liggett. He's over with the Americans Broadcasting and Matt yeah, Keenan to yeah, talk yeah. us through – uh, the, the tour monuments. We've got to start stretching, limbering up. It's yes. uh, the 1st of July Yes. from uh, 8.30. Chateau oh, Watch, here we come. Well, thank you for joining us for the Wheelhouse. Merksy, tremendous uh, research job you've done yeah, this thank week. thank you. I mean, I'm just normally the button pusher, but today I'm multitasking. You are. And can I just ask, before we head out the door, do you plan on wearing that hibiscus uh, filled shirt out in public or is it just of for course. the studio? Of course. No, I'll wear it everywhere. <laughs> I'll get photographic evidence of that. Last week, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. Well, Kings half beach. your life to be on the beach. Thank you. But anyway, all right. Well, everybody tune in. Join us on socials. We're going to have a lot of fun during the tour. Um, get involved with Seven Nations for the Giro Donna and Eight Nations for the Tour de France. And uh, 
Let's, we'll see you next week. We'll have a bit of commentary, see what happens in the first week and what funny names there are to learn how to pronounce. <laughs>